This morning I want to share with you a simple message. Actually, I have three little stories from three different passages in the Bible and we can draw three principles. But before that, I found a very new, brand new joke. So bear with me. I'm, I'm going to read it to you. I'm not going to say that to you. The Pope goes to New York. He picked up at the airport by a limousine. He looks at the beautiful limousine and says to the driver, you know, I hardly ever get to drive. Would you please let me drive? The driver is understandably assistant and says, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm supposed to do that. But the Pope persists, please let me drive. The driver finally lets up and all right, I can really can't say no to Pope. So the Pope takes the wheel and oh boy, he is a speed demon. He hits the gas and goes around 100 miles an hour in a 45 mile zone. And a policeman notices and pulls him over. The cop walks up and asks the Pope to roll down the window. Startled and surprised, the young officer asks the Pope to wait a minute. He goes back to his patrol car and radios the chief. He says, Chief, I have a problem. The chief asks, What sort of problem? The cop says, Well, you see, I pulled over this guy for driving way over the speed limit, but it's someone really important. Chief asks, Important like a mayor? Cop says, No, no, no. Much more important than that. Chief says, Important like a governor? Way important than that. Chief's like, like president? No, 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 more. And the chief's like, who could be more important than a president? And then the cop says, I don't know, chief, but he's got Pope driving for him. Maybe it's God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, lift up your Bible. Say this after me. I like someone who take time to write these kind of jokes, you know. Lift up this Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will release your word this morning to your children. I pray that you will anoint my mouth and my mind and, and I pray it will be a good soil when the words fall into the hearts and minds and it will bring fruit and you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, I want to talk about the topic is in the morning, I felt in my heart talk about choices. We all in life make choices and, uh, and we don't have a lot of big powerpoints and principles to write it down. But I'm going to share three simple stories from the Bible or three incidents that happened in the Bible and we can draw some principles out of it. So in life, there is always choices we make, right? Even this morning, we choose what to eat, what to wear, you know, where to go to church. And every time, as long as we breathing in this world, life is full of choices. That's how it is. And every choice has a destiny. Every choice has a consequence. Every choice has something to do with either it pleases God or pleases ourselves or it pleases the world. So there are three simple stories here I want to point out and it's going to be a short message but I believe we're going to draw some principles. The first story I want to draw is if you turn your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 7. It is a very famous story where you know, uh, you might have heard about it. It is during uh, a great famine or a starvation or during a time where people were actually didn't have to have food to eat and the inflation got high, so high. I don't know whether you've been to a country where the inflation was high. We, we are in a country relatively there is an inflation. Uh, the food prices goes high. Uh, Ten years ago I got married uh, that time the chicken was 60 rupees a kilo. Now it's 180 rupees a kilo. So 
it's kind of 30% or whatever the number is it's tripled the you know uh, but when you think about zimbabwe for example the prices have gone so high and i remember being in being in zimbabwe they have this currency it's has got an expiry date can you believe that you are carrying a 2000 rupees note that's got an expiry date like june 19 2019 your 2000 is going to be expired and i, I remember asking my zimbabwean friend how much it cost for you to buy a loaf of bread and he said to me your backpack you have to fill your backpack with currencies to go and buy a loaf of bread once upon a time in the 90s zimbabwe was the bread basket of africa zimbabwe one zim dollar was actually 1 pound sterling pound and today it has it has and the same thing happened even in venezuela right now it's happening right now so we we don't have that kind of inflation of course our our rupees going higher and higher you know but but the challenge here the first second kings chapter 7 there was such a starvation where people would say hey today i'm going to cook my baby tomorrow you will have your baby as a meal so that kind of severe starvation in the midst of starvation what happened is before the chapter 6 if you look at it there was a story where the king heard the woman's story verse 31 ripped apart his robe because the verse 28 and 29 says uh, the woman came to me and said give up your son and we will have him for today's supper tomorrow we will eat my son so we cooked my son and ate him the next day i told her your turn bring your son so we can have him for supper but she hid her son away when the king heard the woman's story he ripped apart his robe since he was walking on the city wall everyone saw next to his skin was wearing a gorse of barlap which is a clothing they wear for mourning and he called out god do his worst to me and more if elisha son of salapath as still be head on his shoulders at this day end he got so mad because elisha was prophesying over this people and they were like it's it's horrible things are going wrong you know you have walked away from the lord things are going bad to worst and the next story starts off with four lepers and this is what we want to focus on from verse 3 now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate they said to each other why stay here until we die if we say we will go into the city the famine is there and we will die if we stay here we will die and let's go over to the camp of the armenians and surrender if they spare us we will live if they kill us then we will die it's amazing these four lepers have three options and all the three options is death death and death you stay there you die you go into the city as a leper you can't go into the city you have to stay outside the city as a leper you cannot walk into the city and just buy anything and there is famine also so you will die but if you risk your life and go into the armenians and where you might be get killed but they say if we just if they spare us we will live but if they don't spare us we will die and how many times we came to a point where we were desperate and we say i don't know what to do i just i am run out of all my answers i am in the point of desperate 
And I tell you this, this is the first principle we're going to learn from this story. Desperate people make desperate measures. And sometimes we, we just say, well, I still have some stuff in my life I can still hold on to. But when you come to a point where I have nothing to lose, you will do whatever it takes to live. You do whatever it takes to be a blessing. And the rest of the story, I'm not going to cover it because we don't have time. The rest of the story says, these guys go into this and the angel of the Lord hit these guys, 185,000 people. This whole camp left because they are scared of the angel and they left and these plunder was there. And these guys were eating that plunder and they said to themselves, hey, it's not good to eat the plunder alone. Let's go and tell the city. And then the rest of the story is the inflation came down so nicely in the, in the same chapter, verse 16 says, then the people looted the camp of Aram. Food prices dropped overnight. A handful of meal for a shekel and two handful of grain for a shekel. God's word to the letter. I wrote down a principle here and I I just wanted to share this with you. When we take risk, when we take risk, when we say, I have nothing to lose, I'm just going to try it, regardless of what people think, we will definitely see the hand of God in that. Amen. Sometimes, you know, the thing is, I get a little bit agitated or irritated when people say, you know, uh, yes, I can do this, but I still have, you know, they are so focused on their ego positions. Let's not seek position. Let's seek the presence. Amen. Position will follow. These fellows and the word leper, and I'm not going to go in detail, but if you turn your page to Isaiah 53, the Bible says he was bruised for our infirmities. The word infirmity, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew Bible the Torah and the Hebrew Bible, the Sinardin Bible, the infirmity is actually translated leprosy. He was bruised for our leprosy. In other words, the Jewish belief system says, Messiah become a leper for us. Now, in other words, he became, he came to take the spiritual leprosy from our lives. And I want to challenge us. You know, sometimes we wanted to stay in a place where we say, well, I'm not going to move this. This is outside my comfort zone. Let me tell you, nothing grows in comfort zone. Amen. Things only grows in conflict zone. As we talk today, as we talk today, this year, as we talk now, in the year of 2018, 160,000 people lost their lives just because they're following Jesus. Just because... They're following Jesus as we are talking today. And I am telling you, we are in a way that we are so blessed being here in this nation. There's a lot of challenges, yes. But being especially in Tamil Nadu, in this area and all, we are really blessed. Even in this very particular nation, as we are talking, there are persecution going on. But God has given us a privilege. And sometimes we say, I'm not going to move out of my comfort zone and reach out. What is to mean to move out of our comfort zone? Maybe the next cube that a person who works with you don't know Jesus and he is desperate. Maybe you are that person that goes and share the gospel. You are that person maybe that, to bring the good news. You are that person that can, that can bring her hope. Amen. Christians are supposed to be the most hope-filled Christians. Amen. 
but sometimes we are the most hopeless christians when we open our mouth we lose lose it all until we open our mouth everything is good but i want to say and declare in the name of jesus that you will be that person you will say i have nothing to lose i'm going to get out and see the breakthrough of the lord amen and this is the first story and i have two more stories so i want to focus on the second and the third story a little bit longer and uh, the second story i want to focus is on um, uh, turn with me to matthew chapter 4 matthew chapter 4 you might know the story the temptations of jesus but we are not going to go through all the temptations there are three temptations he faces but we're going to just read only one temptation uh, matthew chapter 4 from verses uh, 1 to 3 and it's it's very interesting to see this yeah then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and the word tempted means tested by the devil listen to what the bible says here jesus was led to the wilderness if you are taking notes write it down god wants you to be in the wilderness devil also wants you to be in the wilderness devil wants you to be in the wilderness to kill you God wants you to be in the wilderness to kill the works of the devil. Amen. Wilderness is part of our journey. Our savior walked through this. And look at this verse. When Jesus was led by the spirit in the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to me and said, "If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread." This is the temptation we all face. This is the second choice we have to make that what we do is not who we are. This is a challenge many Christians face every day in their lives. They have an identity crisis. The first Adam had a test, had a temptation. What was that? The temptation was did really God said this to you cannot eat this. the day you eat this you will become god so it was a test against god's voice this is the second test for the last adam this is a test against god's identity over your life now one of the challenges sometimes we get mixed up by doing things we get god's identity it's not true it's not true doing always comes after being i am a child of god amen and that's my identity not what i do makes god more happy or makes god more appreciable no that's who i am who i am is the number one priority of my life and many times we don't realize this and we stuck into this religious rut and we somehow think if i do more if i fast more if i pray more if i if i if i do give more if i be plugged into the ministry more then god can add blessings and of course all those things are good but we are doing it in a wrong motive and and if you look at the story let's turn matthew chapter 12 matthew chapter 12 verse 38 and 39 okay this is the story where it's it's very interesting these these pharisees the scribes the teachers of the law they come and say show me a sign that if you are really the true messiah okay but it's interesting what jesus says no sign will be given except the sign that was already given jonah but if you look at the chapter from verse verse 12 in the same chapter 
Jesus was giving a, a little bit of context to that. Okay, he was telling, okay, you, you take care of the little, little things, but you miss the whole big point. And he was saying, you have to keep the both in balance. And then verse 13, his hand was made well. And in verse 15, he healed them all. Let's read verse 12. How much more valuable a person than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on Sabbath. Because the confrontation was this guy got healed on a Sabbath and they could not take it. And, and then verse, verse 15, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him. And the Bible says he healed all who were ill. And he was, again in verse 22, if you look at verse 22, they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute and Jesus healed him so that he can both talk and see. And then if you read verse 38, there were so many signs were happening. And then it's verse 38, these fellows coming and asking, like some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, a wicked and adulterous generation. Ask for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of a prophet Jonah. What's my point here? This is the thing. Many times we look out for sign. We say, hey, that, that prophet is here. This man of God is here. If he touches me, I'm going to be healed. If he, if he buys this oil, you know. I was in Israel and they sell a 5 ml of olive oil for $13. 5 ml. Okay. My wife is, has brought 3 liters of olive oil and it's only $10. 3 liters. Okay, and they sell here even in, in Harish the same oil. They sell it for 2,500 rupees, 5 liters. What's my point? We always look for some external things to satisfy us. Jesus was like, no, no, no. Signs and wonders are going to follow for people who believe. The Pharisees was, show me a sign, then I will believe. Kingdom says, you believe, then I, you will see the glory of God. Amen. So this is the second principle. The second principle about this, this whole uh, story about the temptation that Jesus incurred is who you are is what God called you to be. That's it. It does not mean what others add label to you. You know, it does not mean what, you know, what kind of congregation you go, what kind of church you go. You know, a lot of times people say, hey, is your church AC? You know, is your church has got uh, how many good congregation is there? The, it's, it's like false identity, you know. Let me tell you, if Jesus walks into many modern day churches, he will be the most unwelcomed person. Because we have taken out the gospel and we brought something else inside. I tell you, a church is not a place to make you feel good. Church is a place where you encounter the king of glory. Amen. And you get rubbed up with fellow saints and, and, and believers and you go out and live the church. The church is not a happy club. Amen. We have turned into a happy club. I'm not denying that should not be joy and everything. But the first thing is we have to seek is the presence. So I want to challenge us that the Bible is very clear in this. That Jesus said when, when he was tempted, if you are the true son of God. And look at this verse. Let's, let's read this again, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you read the, all the three temptations, the first temptation is take about shortcuts. 
the second temptation is about performance the third temptation is about greed if you take the shortcuts performance greed all those things to do with your identity am i performing well am i doing well you know am i arriving there who is got the best you know sometimes people say i'm on the rat race let me tell you even if you're on the rat race at the end of the day you're still a rat right i mean come on people are on the like i'm i'm getting this i want to pay this house get another house get another thing you know run 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 you know ministries positions titles it's all at the end of the day doesn't matter what matters is you and me are the child of the most high god amen whatever that comes along with that is not going to define who i am amen our position should never define who we are in christ our position should never gives us the goggles or other people's uh, opinion to say hey this guy is such and such a person so we should respect him now who we are in christ is what matters amen so the first principle in the book of uh, second kings you know nothing to lose we take choices desperate people make desperate measures number 2 in this matthew chapter 4 that when the spirit was led jesus into wilderness we we come to realize what we do is not who we are amen we are sons and daughters of the most high god and the last one which is uh, i want to spend a little bit more time on this is actually in luke chapter 22 turn with me to luke chapter 22 and it's a very interesting passage luke chapter 22 verse 42 let me read from 41 he withdrew from a stone's throw beyond them this was jesus at the last few hours before he was crucified knelt down and prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me it not my will but yours be done not my will but yours will be done when i read this we can sometimes we pray this no not my will father your will be done we can pray right because we are fallen we have our own challenges but jesus was praying this prayer what was jesus will have you ever thought about it because jesus we know he is the most perfect guy he had no sin he had no blemish he had no iniquities in him the bible says in him there was no sin but god laid all the sin upon him right so when jesus could pray this prayer not my will but your will be done this is the principle just because it's good it's not god's will but all god's will is good just because it's good it's not god's will but all god's will is good and Jesus started the ministry. 3 years down the road he had a perfect time to establish his ministry. This is my version. It's not in the Bible. I'm just imagining. What was what could be his will? Remember when he explained that he is the Messiah, Peter took him aside and he said, he rebuked, "Hey, don't say that you're going to die. We just created a website for you. We just started a new app." people could say and we going to start a live streaming and we just set it up a new trust fund they could online give 
you know we are just starting a new base overseas satellite church and you say you're going to die imagine this imagine this with me maybe it could be different but imagine what was what could be jesus thinking not my will he lived only 3 years no less than 1000 days in the 1000 days he made an impact that today one out of every third person is a christian the church of jesus christ not the church of jesus christ but the church of jesus christ is greater than united nations the church of jesus christ is greater than india the church of jesus christ is greater than china and europe put together it has got more nations more people group more cultures worshiping the lord in their own language imagine if he could have stayed another 50 years only 3 years he stayed imagine 50 more years he could have changed the whole thing but something we don't know but he stayed only 3 years but in the 3 years we understood something here he said father if this cup if if it is possible just take it out but not my will your will be done but let me tell you sometimes you will be given options to do good stuff but good does not mean it's god's will good idea does not mean it's god's will one of the biggest mistake i made in my life when i was a wayvamer traveling around one of the ways i used to measure if god is opening doors is if i can get a ticket to go to a country and i remember one day i i, I want to don't want to mention the name of the country i i i got my ticket somebody said hey i, I heard you are going to this nation i want to buy you a ticket i got the ticket and i arrived there and my time was the one of the worst time i had spent there and then i felt the holy spirit was telling you know if you could have asked me is it okay to go i was going with with god more on a binary question can i go or not but more instead of asking god in details god when i go there will you be glorified and made a very solid decision i am not going to move just because it's a good idea i'm going to seek god if god's will is in this amen jesus might have had a good idea and that's why he might have said this that's why we read this in verse 40 42 father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done this is the third principle i want to wrap this up and pray with you just because it's good just because it's pleasing to you just because it's nice don't fall into this seek god in details seek god in details you know there is a english saying that devil is in details but god is actually in details because if you look at stuff how he created he is created in such a way that every detail stuff is so beautiful seek him in details ask him lord give me clarity i'm not saying you have to be stuck i'm not saying you have to have all the things arranged so that you can do it no but seek him in details like david if you look at the story of david every time you will say god can i go and fight next time when the philistines come you will never take the last time prayer as a granted thing you will again seek the lord lord can i go and fight and this time the lord will say no like gideon for example he said lord can i go and fight and the lord says yes but he brought a lot of people lord said no 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 i don't want this many people and he kicked them out 300 people and the lord said no i want don't want even to use your known stuff so i want to challenge us that every time when we come to the throne of god when we come with an options of choices 
include God in every area of your life and say, Lord, can I do this? Is it possible that you will be glorified more in this? Sometimes, you know, one of my mentors said, presumption is actually a sin. You know what is presumption? Assuming God has spoken, but he has never spoken. That's called presumption. Presumption is sin. I'm not saying we will not make mistakes. We will make mistakes. That's part of our life. But let's learn from this. Not my will, yours will be done. It's not to give up. It's to say, God, your will is never going to be a second best for me. Your will will always be the highest choice for my life. And, and we do this in major issues like relationships and all. But sometimes we, we jump out and we just make choices. Like in the area of finances, we just blow it up. But sometimes we need to include God in the says, God, this is this money that you have given is not mine, it's yours. Help me to steward it well. Not what I feel good. Amen? Just because it's good, we don't need to do it. Let's include God. So these are the three stories I thought I would share this with you. Just to, this week you can ponder this. The first one, desperate people make desperate choices. Amen? Nothing to lose. If you are nothing to lose attitude, you will go beyond your comfort zone and share the gospel. Amen? That's the first one. Second one, it's in the, in the book of Matthew we read. You know, the whole concept of Jesus was tempted. If you are the son of God, what you do does not matter. Is who you are is what God called you to be true. Amen? Hold on to that identity. The greatest challenge right now we face in the body of Christ is the crisis of identity. People don't know. They run after things. I have said this before. I'm going to say this again. Stop looking for a sign. Start searching for a scripture. Amen. Let's not run here and there. Let's be in the presence. Don't run after presence. Run after the presence. Amen. The presence of God. Don't seek position. Seek the presence of God. Amen. And the third one is just because it's good, it does not mean it's God's will. Let's seek the highest will of God. The highest original design. You know, I'm going to wrap this up, but when you walk in the city, what is the original intent of God in the city? Let's ask the Lord and let's speak that out. What is the original intent of God in the institution where you work? What is the original intent of God in the neighborhood where we live? Let's ask the Lord. Let's dream with Him. Amen. And we are praying that, that there are so many homeless in the city. And we want to see that, that these people are ministered to. We are asking the Lord, Lord, what is your original design when you created the city? How it was? You know, Bible says, we know the original design. Let there be no poor among you. But poverty is a choice. You say, what do we do? Let's ask the Lord, original design. How can we minister to these people? How can we bring hope to these people. Colossians 1 says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. I believe that you will be the hope of glory in the city of Velour. Amen? That when you will be the hope of glory for the neighborhood where you live in. I just touched one issue, homeless. But there are so many issues are there. In the area of politics, in the area of economics, in the area of education. It's, it's very challenging. One of the things that this month we could able to do is to visit a school in the town where my wife's parents live. And it's a school that provides education also for special needs. And 
and they have made a they have incorporated a, a system which is like a montessori teaching but the kids never take books to the school and <laughs> when i heard that i was very impressed because my books was come all to me were heavy burden you know <laughs> you know i was carrying so many books and they have systems like everything it's out of nature they have the school that is connected with a garden and they they kind of explore from 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 the small age and they, the way even they have to write the abcd is they have to go pick straws and they have to create from the thing and they they have chickens and goats and ponies and they take care and they they have arts and music and they do have um, academics but you look at the progress of their child it's not just a brain drain on a child it's empowers them holistically and many of our education you know that you are more educated than me and our indian society has become the brain drain culture to the west we are serving the best of the brains to the west but we have never equipped ourselves for life we don't know we have no clue and the lady was telling um, that we are we were willing to help you because we were sharing our 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 desire what we do and everything and they say we were willing to help you and and it is a ground breaking stuff and there's a long waiting list it's a public school they have a waiting list in the public school to be joined because people realize at the end of the day the kids are not just academically trained but the holistic approach and and of course you have to watch out there are some new age thing is scripted into it but the kingdom the new age is actually a, a old old religion from the bible that is taken all is one one is all so i want to challenge us to think like in such a way that you know when we look at our city don't say ah this city has got hopeless no let's speak life original intent over the city and ask the lord and we are praying like god this school should not be another school hidden treasures should not be another school it will be bring a hope to the hopeless amen it can bring the child from obscurity to light amen it can be a lighthouse a hidden treasure that's the word god spoke to us every child can learn amen so in life we're going to make choices even now after this wonderful service we're going to have communion and then simona made a choco chip cake what is it called yeah brownie very uh, hard on the outside gooey inside we're going to make choices you know not so many people are there so we're going to take a second piece maybe something will happen you know so we all going to make choices but let me when we make choices let me tell you this these are the three principles if you can remember every choice i make remember this my choices have a destiny amen i am a child of god i don't need anyone what i do does not define who i am and number 2 is the whole concept of i have nothing to lose i am going to desperate i am i'm going to do whatever it takes to see the glory of god amen and number 3 good does not mean it's god's will i'm going to seek the highest original intent amen and the original design of god i'm going to seek so that the king of glory can show up in the city of heaven amen